Welcome to another episode of No Such Thing as a Fish, a weekly podcast this week coming to you from the QI offices in Covent Garden. My name is Dan Schreiber and I'm sitting here with Anna Chizinski, Andrew Hunter-Murray, James Harkin and special guest Alan Davies. And once again, we've gathered around the microphone with our four favorite facts this time about the World Cup and in no particular order, here we go. Starting with you, Alan. Austria qualified for the 1938 World Cup, but then had to withdraw because it stopped existing as a country. It's a good excuse. <laughs> the best. It's a good excuse. And it was the 30s. There was a lot of that kind of philosophy. They've had an existential crisis in the camp. <laughs> They're not sure they exist. And on that basis, they've withdrawn. Also, they have been annexed by Germany. <laughs> Tiny thing, tiny yeah. thing, the Anschluss, not a big deal, guys, but we won't yeah. be there. Um, yeah, so that's Germany claimed Austria, right? And yeah, then... they, but they had qualified. You had to qualify in that year, in '38. Quite a lot of teams entered. So they'd gone to a lot of trouble, yeah. only to be annexed in the, pre- in the preamble to the tournament. Yeah. And they were very good, weren't they, in that they were then sort of the German team and the Austrian team then came together so they still eventually played a lot of the players some of the players yes some of the players went a bit more Van Trapp about it did they <laughs> I just would not have it oh really yeah, yeah um, and actually the players did. who played didn't get on with the Germans and they all fell out and they ended up losing quite early didn't they did they yes yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what happened to the trophy during the second world war Ooh, no. no, probably was, melted down. I presume it was under someone's bed. Was it? Yeah, it was in a shoebox <laughs> under an Italian official's bed. Really? Yeah, because well. I think did Italy win? So 1938, when it happened elsewhere, didn't it happen in France? Yeah. So France took it after Austria stopped being a thing. Yeah. And then um, I think Italy won, and so an Italian official just looked after it. Well, Italy war. won in 34. Uh, the suspicion was that Mussolini chose all the referees for their matches. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And in '34, Austria came fourth behind Germany. So uh, presumably <laughs> they hoped the combined might of Austria and Germany. Uh, Uruguay, who had staged a tournament in 1930 and won it, then sulked and didn't come. Yeah. Because none of the European teams went to Uruguay. Only four of them turned up. <laughs> it's such a strop. It's so immature. Oh, but you didn't come to my party. I'm not coming to your party. <laughs> and when they did come back, they won it again. Do you know what happened when Austria did drop out in 1938? So no. obviously that left a gap. And the runners up were Latvia, who should have replaced Austria then in the tournament. And the uh, FIFA were just like, no, we'll just do without. It's fine. And they just gave Sweden a bye through the rounds instead of letting Latvia play at all. They just yeah. decided right. not to you know, I'm, beginning, I'm beginning to think that these FIFA guys are not completely <laughs> fair and honest. I'm sorry if that... Did they, not offer, did they not offer for England to take part? Oh, maybe they yeah, did. Yeah, England refused. England refused on the grounds that the home international tournament between England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland was of a higher standard and a more significant event. <laughs> <laughs> Not even making that up. Amazing. We have our own international tournament. <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't Which even t- go. <laughs> takes place entirely within our nation. Yeah. <laughs> On our little island where everything's better. Yeah. <laughs> and this Austrian team, they were so good. They were kind of beating everyone at the time. Not England. They came over to England and lost. But they were beating everyone else by quite a lot. And they had a new system that no one else used. And it was a 2-3-5 system. Oh. So two defenders, three in midfield and five strikers. Which uh, has wow. long been claimed to have been invented by Herbert Chapman at, at Arsenal. Is that right? And uh, England didn't go into the World Cup, but Arsenal played Italy at Highbury. 
I say Arsenal. It was it was England, but they had seven Arsenal players in. And won the game. <laughs> won the game three two. Would you say that the current England team is basically Tottenham? Basically, yeah. So we're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> they won the game three two. It became known as the Battle of Highbury. Oh really? And uh, and it was decided by Arsenal supporters at the time that therefore we were officially the world champions, <laughs> having beaten Italy on our. Oh wow! Ground. And that was with a five three two. Yeah, it was a it was a revolutionary system. Has, has any team ever played all up front? Like one, ten, one ten. nothing, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's worth a try, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, nineteen thirty-eight FIFA World Cup, uh, the draw was selected by Jules Rimet, who is the founder of the World Cup. Jules Rimet. Jules Rimet. Jules Rimet. Uh, it's actually <laughs> interesting fact. It's Rimet. Um, yeah. Yeah. You Rimet. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rimmett got his grandson to do the draw from a bowl. It was his grandson on top of a table, uh, picked them out, and that's how the now the, the draw worked. nowadays can be seen from space, and more technology is used in it than was used on the Apollo moon landing. Oh come on! Is that made <laughs> up? Yeah, those are just two things you say about almost every single fact we ever have, and it it's also like... it's bigger than a blue whale. <laughs> yeah. It does sound like a QI script just came yeah. out of your mouth. There. The things they did reveal the logo though for this World Cup up in the International Space Station, so it was the Russian cosmonauts who. Uh, so, did they? Yeah. And this uh, this year's match ball has been to space. So it just came back down, in fact. It was right. made in Pakistan, sent up to the ISS. So no one kicked it up, did they? Yeah. No, oh, sorry. <laughs> they, they kicked it while it was up. Right. Okay. Did they hoof it into the rocket as the rocket was just leaving? Yeah. That would they be did, a good yeah. trick Only shot. Beckham could do this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to check something with you. So you said the match ball. Now, yeah. that, to me, gives the impression there's only one ball for the whole World Cup. <laughs> and I know that can't be true, obviously. Yeah. I think this is the main, the, um, but is, what would you call it, the, the signature ball. Yeah, the right. one they'll probably use in the first game in the final, I guess. Yeah. But they'll oh, use, okay. they'll have lots of balls in every game. That's a good probably. call, though. They'd probably be like, we really need to wrap up these penalties with England <laughs> and Brazil. The Italian-German match needs to happen now. I've got a fact about the 1930 World Cup. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is... Um, the original and the, the best. The original, yeah. And Uruguayans was, say that, don't mm-hmm. they? So it was in Uruguay, and um, it was a, a not a very advanced World Cup. So, for example, there was a match between Brazil and Bolivia where everyone was wearing white. It was obviously <laughs> very confusing. That, were they just cricketers who got on the wrong pitch? <laughs> but there was, there was one way of telling, which is that half the Bolivians were wearing berets as well. So if you, if you, if you kicked it to a guy wearing a beret, there was a one in two chance he was on your team. <laughs> That's really good. No, yeah. if you kicked it to a guy wearing a beret, there was a 100% chance he was on your team if you were Bolivian. Yeah. It's just that it was uh, one in three chance, I guess, if you kicked it to a guy this without is, wearing a beret. This is the sort of pedantry I came in for. <laughs> this, yeah. So I knew this way. On. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what a privilege it is to be in the inner sanctum. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> do actually say things like that to each other. <laughs> no, you're right. You're going to get home and go, they do it. They actually <laughs> <laughs> pulled him up on it. <laughs> we were talking about um, so England in the World Cup yeah. and British teams in the World Cup have a good history. So Scotland mm. basically got in but didn't quite in 1950. So 1950, it was so weird. FIFA really wanted British teams to be playing in the World Cup because they were still being really snooty with this whole Britain's better thing. And so they said that if they played their home championship, the winner and the runner-up could play in the World Cup. 
would both qualify. Okay. And Scotland said, that's insulting. If we win, we'll play in it. If we're runner-up, we refuse. And so they played their games and they both smashed Wales and Northern Ireland. And then England beat Scotland and Scotland ran back to FIFA and said, please, we didn't mean it. Please, that is insulting. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and FIFA didn't. They were like, I'm really sorry. You gave us your word. You said it was only if you won it. You're wow. out. And that wow. was the end of Scotland in the World Cup. Have they, have they never won it since then they've never won it <laughs> oh. won it you can't win it if you don't qualify is he right got it mm. they used to qualify yeah. I, mean, I mean my school days it was always Scotland in and not England in the 70s they ah. used to be on a level pegging actually didn't they yeah England had a policy of refusing to pick their best players on the grounds that they had long hair and I'm not even making that <laughs> <laughs> so that people like Stan Bowles and Rodney Marsh who had long hair and Frank Worthington, who and were all the most skillful players in the first division, because they didn't have a short back and sides and play cards. Yeah. <laughs> oh they, they would pick people who looked like they were in the army because most of the managers had been. Wow. They also would not pick maverick managers who were clever and inventive. Like they'd Gareth pick, Southgate. Pick, <laughs> yeah, he's in the tradition of the English manager. Looks good in a blazer. <laughs> and I've he's never a good seen he's a good Andy man. look so confused at all the references <laughs> being I've, made. I do not know what's going on good, as we all sat down. Good news, though, Andy. You've got quite short hair. Oh, great. Well, I imagine yeah. I'll make it in, right? Yeah. 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 In the 70s, everything changed in the fashion front, so people started growing their hair long, and England failed to qualify in 1974 and 1978, and I'm convinced it's because all the best players <laughs> had long hair and the older men were offended. And then, in the World Cup in 1978, the leading scorer had really a loads of hair and a beard. <laughs> and I think he had his ear pierced. <laughs> and his name was Mario. <laughs> and he, he gave the lie. And his partner in crime, his fellow centre forward, had a headband. I mean, they absolutely gave the lie to short back and size being essential for winning football matches. Yeah. OK, that's our excuse. <laughs> that's our excuse in the 70s. Okay. What about the 80s and 90s? No, well, when we started, we got loads of people in the long. We even had yeah. people with mullets. And we got to the semi-final. That's true. And in fact, it was one of the mullets, Chris Waddle, who blasted his penalty over the bar. But, but we forgive him. I'm just thinking about the current squad. There's not much long hair there, is there? So no, times have changed. Yeah. What awesome. matters now are tattoos. How many arm sleeves have you got, <laughs> and how many piercings? Do they want more or less? Yeah, more. More. I mean, the, be- the more. I mean, Lionel Messi, who's the best player that's ever played football, has had one of his legs from the knee down entirely blacked out. Wow. Yeah. So they can't so see it on the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In night matches, it just looks like there's a floating boot going around with him. <laughs> as if he's not good enough as it is, his boot is now detached from his body. Doesn't Messi have really dodgy legs or something? Like he had polio or something as a child. Really? He was And he took tons of drugs. He had to have lots and lots of... Yeah, it's hormones for growth. Growth hormones. And some people think that's a little bit naughty. Well, I'm not sure about that. When he, he came from Argentina when he was about 11 or 12 as this kind of mercurial prodigy and he went to Barcelona and uh, they said he's brilliant but he's too small. Mm. And then one of the coaches saw him and said, no, he really is brilliant. What are we going to do about him? And, and they did. They had him on growth hormones until he was yeah. about 13. But he's still only five foot seven. It's yeah, not it's like, not worked that well, has it? <laughs> you don't know who he is. He's not like Michael Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> you actually think he's that small because half his legs are blacked out. Yeah, right? you can't see his legs. And that's he's one of the major advantages. <laughs> Okay, it is time for fact number two, and that is Chizinski. Uh, my fact is that this year, Argentina's Football Association gave its players a World Cup manual with a chapter on how to pick up Russian women. 
Um, so this is a it was a booklet that was given out to journalists and to players and to coaches uh, in Argentina and it was like a course about how to adapt to Russian culture and there was an entire chapter that was titled How to Stand a Chance with a Russian Girl and uh, it included advice like make sure you're clean smell good and dress well because um, apparently Argentinian men love like filthy smelling women can I just say as someone married to a Russian I'm not sure they're bothered about cleanliness and <laughs> dressing well <laughs> the evidence sits before you well are they bothered about this James the booklet also said Russian girls hate boring men never ask trite questions be original I'm wondering if my wife actually is Russian yeah. <laughs> um, it also said that uh, they don't like to be seen as objects which is singular to Russian women but it apparently is true of them Um, But yeah, this was in the booklet. And then apparently Argentina got word of it from some of the journalists and went and ripped all the pages out of this booklet and said, oh, God, that wasn't meant to be in there. Sorry, Uh, it was a mistake, mistakenly included. Ah. And it's no longer there. I found a bit of... uh, So there's a problem that um, Moscow's parliament have been telling people to be smart for the World Cup. Okay. And this is travellers, I think. I think it's fans arriving. And there are on-the-spot fines in Moscow if you don't adhere to these rules. And it's 500 rubles, which is the maximum, which is about six quid. Yeah, it's not much. So you can actually... Oh, that's great. With yeah. no jeans, no trainers. Yeah, no, it's like a nightclub. It's like a big nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> name's not down. You're not coming in. That definitely is one. <laughs> They've had that down for years. Yeah. If your name's not down, you're not getting out. Yeah. <laughs> but it's um, with visas this time, uh, obviously... When you go into a country like Russia, you need a visa, but fans won't need a visa. They have a fan visa, which is automatically given to them if they can show they have a ticket. Yeah, that's so quite you don't cool. Have to prove interest or knowledge in football, just need a ticket. Yeah, just need a ticket. But right. Andy, you wouldn't enjoy it. There's uh, no point. Look, in I don't applying. have a t- I don't have a ticket either. So that's fine. <laughs> the amount of information you have to give on the official ticket website to mm. get a ticket. Oh really? Oh really? It's, yeah, it makes Mark Zuckerberg would absolutely. <laughs> <wait>. <laughs> And you virtually have to give your parents details. What are the really? what sort of stuff? Oh, everyone. Certainly like, your passport information. Yeah, probably every credit country card you've information, been to. Like dra- if, everything. Who you vote for on Love Island. You have to <laughs> everything. Well, Andy, Andy, we've suddenly hit an interest point for you here on the podcast. <laughs> Look, we're, we're not here to discuss that. <laughs> People aren't tense about this one, right? Didn't the, the so head about, of... About this Love Island? Uh, I know I am. <laughs> yeah. Kendall was robbed. I saw Kendall this morning in the flesh. Oh, Did you? At the This Morning Studios. Oh. She is very, very small. And one of her legs is completely invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Never been seen in the same room as Lionel Messi. Fascinating that yeah. she could go out just before, on the dawn of the tournament. <laughs> the greatest conspiracy theory yet heard on this show. Kendall That's Messi. That's a claim. <laughs> Um, no, the head of policing of football policing in the UK has warned the Brits basically not to be too aggro, haven't haven't they? In Russia, so they said, uh, "Don't wave St George's flags around. Mm, yeah. um, don't don't you know, drink lager and sing songs. Don't drink." <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a security expert, a man who calls himself a security expert. He's a director of the University of Buckingham Centre for Security and Intelligence. He's called Anthony Gleese, but he did an interview with the Express. So I wonder how reliable he is. But he warned. <laughs> Oh, well, after he's been through the prism of the express, <laughs> anything could happen. And um, when did he say the world's going to end? <laughs> and, and where is Princess Diana? <laughs> he seriously said that um, English 
footballers need to look out for Russian women who are actually spies disguised as women trying to seduce them because he said if there's one way to scupper England's chances even more it'll be through honey traps by leading the players on with gorgeous Russian girls is that right I've heard the English team are going for a 10 naught naught formation this World Cup (laughs) that's a good Uh, point I don't know how you jeopardise them maybe you give them an STD or something that um, cripples them for the yeah. yeah Well, apparently Paraguayan prostitutes tried to seduce Venezuelan players in the qualifiers of this World Cup. And hmm. yeah, what to what? Well, it was weird because actually neither team could qualify at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently, a load of prostitutes made it into the hotel lobby, and um, they claimed that they were trying to seduce them. But to 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 sort of to tie them out before the big match. I suppose that might happen. Because it might, it sounds like they were just prostitutes doing their job, and these were just men who wanted to shag prostitutes. <laughs> yeah, it does sound like that. Yeah. This is an away trip that all the Paraguayan squad were available for. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to go to Venezuela for the dead rubber? Me, me, me. <laughs> the dead rubber—is that a prostitution phrase, or is it a? It may sure. also be, but in this context, that's <laughs> what gets thrown out the window. In the taxi. Yeah. But isn't it true that? <laughs> But actually, people think that you shouldn't have sex before football matches, right? Well, I've heard... Not I've footballers. Heard... Footballers don't think that. <laughs> no, but sometimes <laughs> Some managers of the people do. in charge of them think it yeah, does. I've about. heard it doesn't really affect your performance, actually. Yeah. No, I don't think so. There is a, there's a um, <laughs> football health coach called Nick Littlehales, who's Cristiano Ronaldo's sleep coach, as well as a bunch of other people's he, Sorry, sleep coach. Cristiano Ronaldo's sleep coach? Yeah. All right. Yeah, go to sleep! <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's not, it's not a tactic that works. <laughs> but he says it's crap that athletes shouldn't have sex before big games. Uh, but he just says they do need to sleep solo. So what he says is, I guess, they should have sex, but then their partners need to get up and go and sleep in a separate room, like in kind of Tudor times. Ah, That's the okay. idea. Um, and he introduced sleeping pods. So Cristiano Ronaldo uh, at his, uh, Real Madrid mm-hmm. at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Um, Real Madrid has sleeping pods and every player has their own sleeping pod. I imagine them all it. in orbit somehow. Yeah. Yep, they're Just on been the... brought in back into the atmosphere yeah, for the for match. Each, yes. Each match. And then <laughs> launched back into orbit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that bit of dry ice. <laughs> 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 then they get woken up. Yeah. <laughs> Where am I? What year is it? <laughs> We've woken up too early. <laughs> <laughs> wake up Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> she's not here <laughs> well that Paraguayan prostitutes will do <laughs> where are the Paraguayan prostitute pods <laughs> okay it's time for fact number three and that is James my fact this week is that scientists have invented anti-diving shin pads Ooh. do these sense psychologically that you're about to dive and they hold your body up (laughs) on the pit (laughs) in mid-air and they're broadcast saying I'm fine it didn't touch me (laughs) well what it is I mean they're completely useless like they're just stupid but they do exist there's a sensor in your boot there's a sensor in the shin pad and um, when they touch each other the referee has an alarm which will go off so he knows that there's been contact uh, unfortunately the problem is that you can foul someone by pushing them in the back or whatever so it doesn't like it's yeah. completely pointless so they need to invent anti-diving bodysuits yeah it's like the same technology as you have in uh, fencing I guess when you know that someone's been hit in fencing okay. uh, there's a new version which makes your shin pads light up when you get kicked wow. kids would love light up shin pads yeah, yeah. They would. but they'd be constantly yeah. kicking each other just they? for they them to light yeah. up kick me kick me <laughs> 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 kick yourself in the shin pad <laughs> penalty <laughs> 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 
They almost brought this in for the Kanifa World Cup, which has just happened, which is the World Cup for countries that aren't really countries, uh, which is sponsored by Paddy Power. And Paddy Power wanted to bring in some weird-ass rules, you know, that were different than normal rules. And they brought in one thing, which was a green card, which means if you get sent off for abusing the referee... You can work in America. (laughs) (laughs) It's very tempting. (laughs) Even now, in the There's current of state of the United States. North Koreans <laughs> offending referees. <laughs> 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 a lot of Mexicans. <laughs> what, uh, what happens if you get sent off? For-, um, for the green card, you get sent off, but they're allowed to bring on a substitute. So they don't punish the team, they punish the player. Oh. So they did that in this in this World Cup. And you yeah, actually yeah. went, didn't you, to the Khalifa? To the final and to one of the other games, yeah. yeah. It's mm. fun. Who did you see playing? I saw Northern Cyprus against Abkhazia. In yeah. the first game, and then Northern <laughs> Cyprus against um, who was it? Car- uh, Carpitalia. Oh. I can't believe Abkhazia lost Northern Cyprus. I know because oh I was supporting Abkhazia actually, um, so I was Where's quite disappointed. Abkhazia? It's uh, a breakaway area of Georgia. Do we know who's won? Does it finish at the same time as the World uh, Cup? No, it finished. I went to the final last weekend, then it was won by Carpitalia, which is a part of Ukraine where Hungarians live. Okay. Oh, it's not a carpet warehouse. <laughs> Because it really sounds like one. Yeah. <laughs> Run by Italians. I'd like to see their television ads. <laughs> sort of ones where the owner does it himself. <laughs> Come great... to Carpitalia. <laughs> <laughs> Soon we will be our own country. <laughs> Fully carpeted. <laughs> <laughs> the only carpeted nation on earth. Build a wall and another wall and the wall-to-wall carpets. Wall-to-wall. <laughs> Um, so on weird football rules mm. I was looking into um, do you know the referee can send himself off <laughs> do you know that no, no. he needs a wee does he? <laughs> give himself a card he doesn't card himself a yellow card that um, can't happen can it uh, it can happen it has happened not in um, big football games um, but uh, for instance in 2005 Peterborough North End was playing Royal Mail AYL uh, this was a lower a lower, lower league's match and the referee Andy Wayne uh, got really angry there was so someone disagreed with his decision a player disagreed with his decision and he flung away his whistle and he untucked his shirt and he <sighs> ran up and eyeballed the player and then immediately he saw the error of his ways and he gave himself a red card and set himself off wow and there was no one to replace him so the match had to be called off oh, oh. yeah and then he waited in the car park for him uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. wow but they can also send off linesmen which I didn't know. So this <laughs> this, this is, has sometimes they've got so much power. Yeah, they've got more power than they should have. Um, so last year um, there was Dundee beat Kilmarnock. So this was an actual match with teams that. Well, it's in Scotland. It's in Scotland, but it's still real football. Um, As well, are many of your listeners. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so naive. <laughs> When I tour Scotland, of course, they're the best shows I have. Are they? <laughs> <laughs> Better than Wales, Helen. God, don't say that. What <laughs> <laughs> a minefield. Um, so in Scotland, whom we love, oh. all of you, um, in this match, the ref sent off the assistant referee and gave him, gave him a red card because he was vomiting by the side of the pitch wow. started that, vomiting that, sent him off that is a bit harsh yeah I think it seems unfair you can't be sent off for vomiting who was it who vomited before a penalty in the World Cup Zidane yeah. who's Zidane mm. that was ah. in the Euros oh, in the that Euros. was against England it depends oh, yeah. on whether it's deliberate and malicious vomiting if you do it if you do it in the face of the goalkeeper <laughs> yeah. just before a penalty <laughs> yeah. he just did it on the pitch <laughs> he, he put his hands on his knees I was at that match he put his hands on his knees we thought oh what's he doing 
wow. And then he suddenly looked up, ran up, smashed it in the net. And on the television replay, you could see when he had his hands on his knees, he was vomiting on the pitch. But Gary Lineker said he once did a poo on the pitch. Oh, yeah. 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 I thought there was video of this. Is there not? There, there is, must be. Yeah. There are so many there cameras is. in the ground. There there's, must be a poo cam. There's video of him kind of dragging his bum on the grass. Like a to dog. Like a dirty yeah. dog. Yeah. Like a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. And then people <laughs> tweet him all the time just saying, just you reminding pooed, him. You yeah. pooed on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Sorry, he never got a yellow card in his whole career. He probably so. scored a goal as well. No, he never did. Can I, can I interrupt with a, just a tiny bit of personal news? We're recording this on Anna's computer, and there's an alarm that's come up that is to tell her that she needs to get loo roll and olive oil in 25 minutes. Well, well the thing is, Anna always shits herself in the middle of a podcast. So. <laughs> loo roll and olive oil. And the olive oil? That is the, that's what every Paraguayan prostitute take, <laughs> takes to the World Cup. Wow. I'm not extra virgin. <laughs> So the penalty was invented by an Irish guy called William McCrum, and no one liked it at first because they thought, how on earth would anyone be so low as to deliberately commit a foul? This was in a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, and they called it the Irishman's motion. Um, but they... <laughs> <laughs> And Gary Lineker, in uh, honour of that, performed an Irishman's motion. (laughs) Okay, it is time for our final fact of the show, and that is Andy. My fact is that in April, police in Lima seized over 20,000 counterfeit Panini football sticker albums with a street value of (laughs) $350,000. Wow. It's great. It's uh, amazing. Yeah. And this keeps happening. It happens all the time because they're really... They're... Well, only every four years. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but they, um, the, the police in Italy have seized another 20,000 stickers and they said this could be the tip of the iceberg. Every World Cup it happens because they're quite, you know, valuable things. I mean, the full ones Massively. are really valuable. Yeah. But the, uh, the empty ones, I guess, are valuable too because... You can flog them. Well, I went on eBay uh, just to see what the highest you put in Panini sticker, mm. and there are empty albums from previous World Cups that the highest value is sort of five thousand pounds. Sometimes from for an empty book. Well, the empty ones, if if you can sell on eBay an empty book with all the stickers in it, then that's the best you can get yeah. because then people get it and they get the enjoyment of putting the stickers mm. in. Oh. I understand that. Yeah. 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 That's worth. Thousands of money <laughs> to people like me. Yeah, <laughs> and you do it, don't you? You you've in previous World Cups called out on Twitter to say, "Can we swap panini?" Stickers? Well, let's not put this on the podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I do. Yeah, I do do stickers. You live in North London, don't you? In Finsbury Park, and you love you love people to approach you with football stickers. <laughs> Did you always do Panini? Because they weren't... We did a different one when Merlin. we were kids. Merlin, yeah. I yeah. did Merlin when they did the Beano stickers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah. but then Panini came back in, didn't it? Uh, Panini, yeah, recently has become huge. Yeah. yeah. Well, huge in my household. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your address, just to be clear... <laughs> do you not do stickers, Alan? No. Not, not for a while. Them? No, my little boy now is uh, keen. In fact, yeah. he found some at the bottom of a well-known breakfast cereal recently. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh, this is going to cost me about a grand. Yeah, that's pretty it much will. it. It will. cost <laughs> yeah. you £773.60 to fill a book. Yep. Is that it's if, that's if, if, that's you, if you get every single sticker first time? That's that if include you keep doubles? buying. It's a mathematics professor has worked out that if you just keep buying and you don't do any swaps with anyone, it's right, if you have on no average, to, have to, to complete That'll the album. Uh, but apparently, if you do have friends, it can be cheaper. It can be cheaper, yeah. yeah. And also, you can buy stickers direct from Panini. Yeah, your last 50 you can buy. Yeah, yeah but they've failed then, haven't you? 
Have you? I mean, I think oh. if you're just calling him up saying, please, can I have <laughs> Marcus Rashford? <laughs> <laughs> I've bought 5,000. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happened. Music Magpie decided to test it out and they bought 5,000 stickers worth £800 and they only found 681 out of the 682 stickers. Oh. So they were one oh. shot. They didn't have Raja Nangalan. Um, and oh, he isn't Belgium. even going. Yeah, he's not even Plays going the to the World Cup. Is he not? No. <laughs> yeah, he's. I think. Not, I think he didn't get picked. But yeah. Yeah. Well, remember that in 1990, David Rowcastle of Arsenal had a coin made. <laughs> and he played. Oh he played. He started in every qualifying match that England played. He had a coin made in the SO World Cup coin collection. And then when they picked the squad, they didn't pick him. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. on, but he felt so, so, yeah. so hurtful. But I mean, the, I've got a coin. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind playing every qualifier. You were thinking he had his own coin made yeah. out of vanity. He didn't and have then, his no. own made, did No, he? he didn't mint a coin himself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the uh, there was a really cool idea, and James, I reckon you would like this. Uh, there was a news agent in the 2016 Euro. Um, so Panini did for the Euro 2016. Yep. Um, they did a shop where basically people could meet up just to swap the Panini stickers. Again, that's... I'm not interested in meeting up with people to do swaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, this fact is about uh, Lima, Peru. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they qualified Mostly about football stickers, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, they were in the fact. Yeah, uh, so they qualified, right? And, Peru, yes. Um, yeah, Peru qualified. But in Lima, uh, where the match was against New Zealand, it's where they had uh, a 2-0 victory that got them in, um, there's an app which is designed to warn people of an impending natural disaster, so earthquakes uh, mm-hmm. mainly. And that app went off when the when Lima was celebrating because there was so much activity going on oh, really? that an earthquake oh. warning went out uh, to everyone with that app. How cool is that? Wait, they were so there was excited. So much, so much geological activity. Yeah, there was there was so many people just jumping around. Wow. Yeah, which happens a lot in football stadiums, doesn't it, in America? In American where, football uh, yeah, stadiums, so an American yeah. football stadium can register a very tiny earthquake to anything that's sensitive towards it, and in Lima, yeah. they had that. And there was year. once a madness festival in Finsbury Park that set off an earthquake thing as well. Really? Yeah. You live in Finsbury Park, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was bizarrely looking into sponsorship that appears on jerseys. So my favorite one is Atletico Madrid, who the sponsorship for their team in 2003 was a deal with Columbia Pictures. So the sponsorship kept changing according to what movie they were pushing at the time. So movies that appeared on their jerseys included White Chicks, Spanglish, and Anaconda's The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's it. That is all of our facts. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with any of us about the things that we have said over the course of this podcast, we can be found on our Twitter accounts. I'm on at Schreiberland. Andy. At Andrew Hunter M. James. At James Harkin. And Alan. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's usually Chazinski's role. Um, (laughs) And Anna. You can email podcast.qi.com. Or you can go to our Facebook group or our website, no such thing as a fish.com. We have all of our previous episodes up there. We will be back again next week. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.